Hello and welcome to episode 27 of the Duo Sports and Stuff podcast. Dane is back with yes, me, of sir. course. And Dane, sometimes you just got to pat yourself on the back, man. We, we're doing pretty good for ourselves. We it's got a big time guest, man. It's okay. It's all humble. Right. You're right. You're right. Stay humble. Stay humble. But so Who do we got this week? This, this Who's joining us today? Bro, this guy is a an award-winning journalist for the Bleach Report, also the host of one of my favorite shows that took the sports world by storm last year, Untold Stories, uh, Master Tesfasian, man. He he uh he killed it on this on this talk that you guys are about to listen to, Dane. What did you what did you get out of this, bro? I got out of this the the realness, the authenticity of someone who's an, an experience it sounds like an experienced veteran in his field you know that a, truly appreciates the craft of not only getting a, a story straight from the horse's mouth but but also just sticking to whatever makes you 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 know not putting up some sort of front not you know being something that you're not but just being your full black authentic self and that's something we don't we don't get a lot of times in, in in this industry or any industries for that matter. So for for him to appreciate, you know, um, people's journeys the way that he does and then just being able to relate to the the plight that we go through, not only just here in Texas, but just uh, in the skin that we live in. So just the authenticity is what I appreciated from him the most. And, you know, of course, he's he's a Texas boy. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, can't go wrong with Re- that real but. down to earth. Texas, oh, you yeah. can't get better than that. Um, I mean, he's a Mavs fan. That's the only bad thing I can say about him. That's that's about <laughs> uh, yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Don't, don't hate, don't hate, don't hate. <laughs> Mavs all day. But yeah, man, Master was great, and I can't wait. We can't wait for you guys to listen to it. So here is our sit down talk with Master Tuspasi. Listening to the Duo Sports and Stuff Podcast. Here are your hosts, Deontay Epps and Dane Beasley. Master, how you doing, man? Appreciate you coming on. I'm good, man. Appreciate y'all for having me on, man. Appreciate you. So you're from Texas. We literally just talked about you coming from Texas. We're both from Texas. What was it like growing up for you? Yeah, uh I, I love Texas, man. Like <laughs> For me, actually, uh, I just actually moved back. So I'm working remotely out of, out of back home in Dallas, um, and I missed it, man, because I spent the last 11 years outside of Texas since, since I graduated high school in 09. And so, you know, since then I've been to Arizona, Seattle, uh, Minneapolis, D.C., New York. Like, just been literally from coast to coast. And, man, I, I, I've always wanted to come back somehow, some way. Being close to the fam, it's just – Texas is different, man. Like, it's it's nothing like it. It's – you know, it's it's chill, it's relaxed, like, you know, the slow pace, the environment, you know, especially, like, when it comes to black culture, like, I feel like it's the most slept on, you feel me? Like, you know, you black <laughs> yeah. in Texas, it's like a fraternity itself, you feel me? Like, right, the way that yeah. we talk, the way that we were influenced, the way that we were raised, the, we're like, what, what we aspire to do and how we, you know, how we got to grind and hustle and do what we got to do, man, because... You talk about systemic oppression and shit. <laughs> in too many oh, yeah. states, you're going to find more that's going to oppress you as much as Texas do. But, you know, we... We still find a way to fight through it. You know what I'm saying? We still find a way to band together and and, and create beauty out of the imperfections that exist within um, the state's, state's you know, history and legacy. So, 
Um, I'm just glad to be back, man. At some point, I'm gonna get the grill in. You feel me? Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know what I'm talking about? Look like a chandelier, you know what I'm saying? Hey, you know, give me like another year. I'm gonna work on this slab, man. I don't know okay, right. Give me like another year, too. My homie, shout out, uh, shout out my boy Herm out in Atlanta, uh, at Roadshow International. You know, he be customizing cars for like Lil Baby, all these different rappers and athletes and artists and stuff like that, too. So he, he got the game on lock. And I, I see him posting about all the time. He's, He's these old school Impalas, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> he got some boys out in Florida. He's making donks for them. I'm like, I, I, nah, hey. you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm going to need something on Blaze here soon. You know? <laughs> hey, <laughs> you hey. know? yeah. so, so you're from the Dallas area? Yeah, yeah. Born in Dallas. Uh, grew up in Section 8 out there. And then uh, I think like at, when I was two years old, we moved to Irvin, uh, which obviously, you know, people historically know is like where the old Texas Stadium was at, you know what I'm saying, during, during the, the Cowboys glory days. You know, we, we coming back, you know what I'm saying? But – a hopeless Cowboys fan. So I'm just like, Ugh. I feel you. You know what I'm saying? I don't fuck with Jerry Jones. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But, you know, Not many of us do. <laughs> but I, you know, it's all about the city and supporting the city and, and riding for, you know, my, my city and the team that represents my city. So, uh, but yeah, man. And then, you know, after like age two, you know, we moved out to Urban and, uh, you know, my folks have still been here ever since. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, from that point, uh, the Section 8 uh, apartments that we grew up in, uh, you know, we got a crib, I think by the time I was like 9 or 10 years old. And so that's the same crib my folks live in now. You feel me? Nice. My folks are originally from Eritrea, a uh, country in East Africa. That's what, shout out, you know, RP Nip. Uh, yeah. Always repped it hard. Um, so, you know, that's where my folks are originally from and came from that that fight. And, you know, I feel like it's just a perfect blend, man. You know what I'm saying? The fight and hunger that comes from Eritrea and, and and also being immersed in Texas culture as a black man, like it. Yeah. The more I look at it, man, it's just I'm just appreciative. I was able to get the best of both worlds when it comes to that shit, you know. Yeah, hundred percent. So, what led you down the path into sports gener- journalism? What what brought you from that point to here? That's a good question, man. Um, for me, I didn't grow up wanting to do this. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I wasn't one of motherfuckers that saw Stuart Scott on the screen, it was like, oh, I can do that. Like, that was, yeah. that was not obtainable to me. Like, I was like, that's cool what he's doing. Mm. I'll fuck what he's doing. But, like, that's a whole different world that I can't relate to in my experience, mm. yeah. in my environment. You know, they don't teach us to dream that big. Straight up. So, just like every other black man says, this shit, you're gonna play football. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you're gonna think football's exactly. gonna be outlet. So, I'm in high school, you know, messed up my knee. Things didn't work out. Now, I feel like that was just God's way of telling me the same for you. And so, I, at that point, I didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, but, you know, I was I was uh, in high school. I was messing around with cameras. I was I was the media. I was on the media tech team, the broadcast team, and the only reason why I really did it because all my folk, uh, people who were older than me were telling me you should get in this. It's an easy A. Uh, it's you know it's a fun time, loose class time, and plus you get to be on the TV screen so the girls get to see. You. And that's, that's, hey. like, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> say less. Easy no, A, say. cool class. <laughs> Girls get to see me. Shit, I, at ninth grade, yeah. nothing else really mattered. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. but it, it it's funny because uh, even though those were my ambitions, like what I learned from it was, you know, how to how to record, like how to how to how to shoot, how to shoot on JVC, Panasonic, Sony's, uh, how to edit off of Premiere Pro, Avid, Final Cut. Learn all this stuff from yeah. high school. And at the time, you know, everyone's doing it now, but at the time, it was just you didn't have the resource access to do that. So it just, it spurred this idea of creativity that I never have been taught before. No one taught me to be creative before. Right. So, you know, I'm directing newscasts, I'm producing game shows, making PSAs, short films, you know, movie trailers, all that stuff. And my senior high school, my teacher's like, so, yo, what do you want to do? And I told him, man, like, bro, 
honestly, I don't know. Like, and here's the two thoughts I have. Dave Chappelle just walked away from $50 million. And in my mind, again, you know, as a black man, especially from the South, you have very narrow lanes in which you believe that you can make it out of your social economic status. So when I heard a black man was making 50 million, I said, shit, let me hit up Colleen, Texas, Biloxi, Mississippi, you feel me? Let me go to Decatur real quick, you know what I'm saying? And then I can hit the road, make 800K, just doing like some small time comedy. I'm like, that's double what my parents make right now, shit. That that sounded like a life. Like that was my ceiling. That would have been great. Uh, And I told him the option B was just join the military, which I'm sure you guys understand (laughs) in Texas, like, Oh yeah, they push that shit heavy on us. Starting middle school, yep. you know what I'm saying? So yeah, they they have the hummus outside with the subs and, and all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they had the same stuff for us, you know, trying to influence us and to get us to join the military. And I was thinking about doing it just to the fact that they would pay for my college. Um, my teacher was like, "Bro, you talk about sports all the time. Like, you know, why don't you become a sports writer?" And in my mind, it was just such a foreign top thought because all I saw on the TV screen were former athletes. And in my mind, I'm like, they already got paid. They're doing this for free because they're trying to stay in the limelight. They don't want people to forget about them because they done playing. So they're doing this for free for the publicity notoriety. The idea of, you know, fame or fortune, you know what I'm saying? I, I literally took that literally where you had to choose one or the other. Not recognizing, like, even people on TV get paid to do this. So it's like, nah, people get paid to do this stuff. I'm like, oh, shit. You know, Google researching, trying to do whatever I can to figure out what this is, you know. And then uh, from there, it just it's took off, man. This, this career, like, just been grinding from that point and taking everything I learned from my environment, uh, situations in which, you know, you kind of have your back against the wall, fight or flight, and, and applying those in, in an industry in which I didn't know anybody. Uh, I didn't know what I was doing, per se, uh, and I, I didn't know where I wanted to go with it. Mm. But, hey, man, 11 years later, I'm still here. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's all smooth, man. It's nice, man. It's funny you mentioned Stuart Scott because growing up, I was watching cartoons. I like everybody was watching cartoons growing up. And then there was like that switch, like from playing football, like, man, I'm waking up watching Sports yeah. Center in the morning yeah. instead of cartoons. Yeah, yeah. And so, like, mm-hmm. it was yeah. like reruns of Sports Center every morning, getting ready for school. And you could recite it like that, like, because you know, every highlight, they used to run it over and over the same highlights. And so I remember Stuart Scott in the morning, Dan Patrick, all those guys. And they were really an inspiration to me. And that led me to do, cause I was a sports reporter a little bit here in the Waco area for like a year or so. So that was one of my inspirations mm-hmm. and something I strive to do. So I definitely feel you on that. It's crazy. Like what representation yeah. will do. And I think that's really like, you know, a big subject conversation in the industry we're in right now is like how important representation is, how important it is for us to see a Stuart Scott, to see a Jamel, yeah. Michael Smith, Bomani. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I think we're in a position now where, you know, before you, we would only get Stuart Scott whenever he was on for that hour. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, we would only get Jamel whenever they were on for that hour. You know what I'm saying? We would only get Bomani when he was on for that 30 minutes for an hour or, or, or a culmination of these things or for a segment. You know what I'm saying? And now we're in this world and space where, like, bro, I can enjoy sports in the same way I talk about this shit with my friends. Yeah. And, and you know, that's that's a cool part about working at BR, man. It's It's, it's really, like, you know, honing in on that and, and the cultural standpoint of that and and being able to really, you know, think about the 12-year-old you and think about like how cool it was, like you mentioned, Saturday mornings. Right. You know what I'm saying? Before, like, 11 a.m. Central Time kickoff, Big 12 football, you know mm. what I'm saying? Yep. We're watching Baylor, Kansas, yeah. or Oklahoma State, <laughs> Nebraska, you know right. what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you know, seeing that representation of seeing the Stuart Scott on set, you know what I'm saying? Even now, seeing the Desmond Howard on set, you know, how, how that makes you believe and feel like, oh, I can see myself. And I think that's a big focus and focal point in which I have it right now. And, and I have with untold stories too, is 
you want to see that level of representation uh, beyond the fact of not just only yourself and the people who like, see themselves in my shoes, but then also getting them to understand that all these athletes also aren't alike. Like they're not, we're not all collectively a monolith. Like Ricky Williams is not going to be like the Real Revis. It's not going to be like Ed Reed. It's not going to be like Donovan McNabb. It's not going to be like Percy Harvey. Like all these different people are different people based off of the fact of Mary, a lot of different circumstances and factors that they dealt with growing up and also were able to overcome and find success in as adults. And you mentioned getting, getting to Bleacher Report now, um, something that definitely caught a lot of ears and eyes is on the arena when your uh, essay, as far as systemic racism in this country, and you had a nice two-minute segment um, about everything that's going on this year as far as the African-American people being suppressed, all that stuff. What, what brought it out of you? What caused you, wanted you to get this message out to the masses? Yeah, man. Um, that was, uh, we recorded that, um, obviously the week that, uh, the attempted murder of Jacob Blake happened. Um, but that, I don't know if you recall that week, that week was hell. That week was rough, man. You know what I'm saying? And you know, the night before, we're, we're about to record this and shoot this, you know, Chadwick Boseman passes away. You know what I'm saying? It was just like, man, fuck, how many more, like, hits are we going to take? Like, you know, especially as us as people, it's just like, you know, it, it's, it, it, there was a lot of anger and emotion that just, you know, I just, I just wanted to express and just get off my chest because I felt like in many ways, I just, you know, you go through your phone, like, you can't escape it. You know, even if you want to unplug off social media, like I've tried to do after the verdict of Breonna Taylor, hmm. um, you get text messages nonstop for this stuff. You know what I'm saying? And like, you know, even when you're talking to your homies, like you can't help but somebody bring that up, you know? And it's just, it, it's, it, it's something that obviously we collectively have to deal with, you know, through our lives. And that's the burden that we have to carry as black people. Um, and it's, I guess it's something for me that I've always just kind of, I've recognized people, but just kind of been low key with it. You feel me? Just kind of working behind the scenes with it and not really being that vocal. Um, uh, because I don't know. I just always felt like people were always vocal. It's just kind of phony or fake with this shit. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, I just felt like with this opportunity, you know, I appreciate, you know, turn sports, uh, shout out Drew, Rock- Drew Watkins, uh, for the opportunity and, uh, star Nathan's one that produced it. Um, you know, it just, it just felt right. You know what I'm saying? It was a black dude who, who gave me the green light and I'm working with a black woman who produced it. You know what I'm saying? It didn't feel like a platform, an opportunity for me to just come off phony or anything like that. It's yeah. more so just expressing how I really feel. Because ultimately, like, I can't help but ask that question in the same way Jacob Blake's father was asking that question in the same way that I'm sure both of y'all have been asking that question about this country, man. Because yeah. we just, it's, enough is enough, bro. Like, we, we done, we done, we done with this shit, man. Like, it's, like, some, some got to change soon before, you know, some real shit happens. And I don't know what exactly that is, but I'm saying, like, this, we can't keep sitting back and falling back and having each one of these situations and circumstances continue to pop up and not expect anything to change out of it. Like, I don't know what this decade is going to bring. I don't know what this, this election is going to bring. Uh, but you know, I feel like it's going to be something very similar to, to what the sixties were and, and understanding and recognizing, you know, how important it is for all of us to, to make sure, make sure we recognize and understand what role we all play. You know what I'm saying? You ain't got to be the most vocal person on this stuff. Like, you know what I'm saying? But you know, find your role. Whether that's talking to your friends and making sure that, you know, y'all are, y'all are staying hip in terms of what's really going on. Um, you know, obviously everyone's big right now about voter registration and making sure everybody votes, but also being aware of voter suppression. So how many of y'all actually out here volunteering to be out here in these polls, you know what I'm saying, working these polls on election day to make sure that, you know, this is as much of a fair election as we can possibly have. Yeah. So 
all these different factors that play into this stuff. But ultimately, man, it's just a part of being a black person in America that we just consistently have to deal with. And, and you know, all we can hope for is that we can try and make this better for the next generation, the people that come after us. Because I don't know if we'll collectively see the whole piece of this pie. You know what I'm saying? But we can just hope that we get as much as we possibly can so that way the next generation can have a better opportunity for fight, for actually seeing quality yeah. and what that looks like. I, I know that a big part of what I got out of it was like a message of knowing your role, like you're being part of change, like something that's big that can, like you said, affect generations down the line. So that that really spoke to me. And I know it spoke to a lot of people. A lot of my friends were talking about it as well. So I, I thank you for that, for spreading that message for sure, man. Appreciate that, man. So basically going like growing up in the state of Texas or, or just knowing about Texas culture, knowing about the black struggle, uh, what type of mindset do we need to have moving forward for people that look like us to understand that, you know, maybe my vote does mean or count for something? Yeah, um, that, that's, man, that's a good question, man, because like, to be honest with you, I, I never like I voted. Uh, every single time I've had the opportunity to vote for a national, uh, for a presidential election. Um, mm-hmm. But beyond that, like I did it kind of from a, like whatever standpoint and perspective, because man, ultimately like I, I, it was hard for me to believe in, in, in the election process here in this country. No one at the end of the day, they really don't give a fuck about me. You know, they, they, they generally don't. And um, I can understand how someone would feel that way and still feel that way. Cause you know, it's I'm, that's something I'm still working through. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. um, as I'm starting to learn and understand and recognize, and I think we all are collectively in terms of you know these different um, verdicts that have popped up, mm-hmm. the, the the charges that get done, and who are the people in power to to do all of that? Um, and knowing that you know, oftentimes it's like a couple thousand people vote for this dude. And a couple, you know, a couple hundred thousand people city, you know what I'm saying? So it's, yeah. it's, it's remarkable to see how much influence and power uh, can be had due to the simple fact that people are just simply ignoring the importance of the position. And so that's what I would keep in mind for people. And that's what I'm keeping in mind too. Cause you know, right now, you know, since I moved back, you know, I'm making sure I register to vote here in the city uh, in Irving. And beyond the fact, this is something I don't think I've ever really done. I think I've done before, but not to this extent and this early is uh, researching what else is going to be on my ballot. So I can mm-hmm. understand as much as I possibly can uh, the different candidates and seeing what they bring to the table. Cause it's easy to go right now, just, you know, check off all the boxes and say, you know, you know, you gotta right. get, you gotta get all the Republicans out of office and you go straight Democrat. But like some of these city, you know, you know, like the, you know, the attorney general situation, you mm-hmm. feel me like who, yeah. who's going to be the, the deputy commissioner, like all these different positions they don't come with a party affiliate. You know, all you see on that ballot is just a name. And to your, in your mind, because there's no political a party affiliate to that, so it's just easy to disassociate yourself as if this isn't important. So you're just going to check off a random name or box that, you know, sounds whatever. But, you know, understand the importance of that and understand the importance that that plays collectively in, you know, state politics and having a representative, uh, you know, uh, someone who rep- represents your, your community and your neighborhood so we can avoid situations uh, yeah, like, you know what I'm saying? Where they, they're redrawing, continue to redraw the Texas uh, state map, you know what I'm saying? And to further uh, benefit their own agendas and, and initiatives that they have and, and, you know, continue to suppress us. And, and that's due to the simple fact that, you know, literally, I checked the, the, uh, 
the representative here, it came down to a couple hundred votes. It's crazy, you know? And it, the people who voted there was like maybe like 3,000, 4,000 people, you know? So that's what I would just pe- have people remember and recognize is that, you know, ultimately you're going to be voting for a president hoping that you can see some change. But the change that you're really trying to see on a micro level is going to be <laughs> your city election. Right. It's going to be the, be the local, local state. elections and state elections. And so you should have just as much it's just as much uh, uh, attention on that. You should do just as much as research on that. You should be just as aware on that as you are with the presidential election. Because the presidential election, that's easy. You're going to see that everywhere. But who's going to yeah, tell you what's going on in your city? Uh-huh. You got to keep tune with that. That's, that's, that's ultimately the role and responsibility we all have as individuals to do right now because it's all, it, it all meshes together at the end of the day. One of them is macro picture, the other one's micro picture. And you can't have one without the other. Untold stories took the sports yeah. media by storm last year. <laughs> Two point five million views per episode. Man, you know it's it, it definitely one of my favorite parts of last year. And you already started season two this season. Um, how how did that come to be, man? Yeah, um, you know it was just an opportunity to uh, you know host a show at Bleacher Report, which you know was a big reason, a big factor uh, why I left the Washington Post. And, you know, finally getting the opportunity, providing the opportunity, um, you know, in my mind, you know, I wanted to make it the Rhapsody of Sports. You Mm -hmm. feel me? So, um, you know, I don't know about y'all, but, you know, Northwest Park, that's my rec center that I grew up on. That was my safe haven. That was my second home. And outside of hooping all day during the summertime, in between hooping, you know, we go in the game room and there's a pool table right there. And, you know, you're playing for quarters, you're playing for dollars, you know what I'm saying? Like, start off at a younger age, you know. Uh, uh, playing bumper pool, and then when you're finally mm-hmm. old enough, 13, 14, you can give them your ID. You, yeah. you, feel, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it, it, I always enjoyed that environment. I always enjoyed, you know, you know what that brought, the social uh, perspective of that and engaging with other people on that. And it's something that's always, I've always cherished just as much as all those times, you know, hooping in the court. And so fast forward now um, to me being a beat writer, uh, all these different athletes had similar experiences. Growing up, playing pool at the Boys and Girls Club at a rec center. Yep. Uh, you know what I'm saying? With they um. What was yours at? What was yours at? What'd you play at? Uh, Boys and Girls Club every club. summer. Yeah, yeah. Every yeah, summer. yeah see? <laughs> and, and that's one of those things that, like, again, there's no algorithm or analytics or programming that can tell you, like, this is what we do. Because ain't nobody really highlighting pool tables or pool halls right now. Like, that ain't, that ain't cool, per se. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not. But if you understand the culture, you understand yeah. the significance of that. And so when I go to these yeah. athletes, uh, you know, cribs, you know what I'm saying, catching up with them, you know, Kiki and stuff, like, they got big-ass pool tables, too, for them big <laughs> You know what I'm saying? So you be going to and, their house. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Just chopping up at their cribs, just, like, okay. kicking and stuff. And, and yeah, they got pool dope. tables, you know what I'm saying? So, like, you know, sipping on something, you know, shoot pool, just catching yeah. up. And just, you know, it, it creates shoot a great breeze. conversation the same way it did when I was a kid. So, Understanding that environment and, and understanding how comfortable I feel personally in that environment and ultimately mm. how other athletes can feel in that environment, to me, it was like it was the perfect setting. 
And mm-hmm. ultimately, I wanted to make the show The Rhapsody of Sports because in the same way, like, you know, people coming in the basement and that kind of environment. Yeah. I want to have that same feel with Untold Stories where people come to the pool hall. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We can chop it up. You know what I'm saying? You tell a story that you ain't never told, a couple stories you ain't never told before. You know what I'm saying? We break bread and, and we bounce. And I'll see you next time. I'll yeah. catch you next time you want to come by. I'll catch you next time we cross paths. Like, a little stop and go situation like that, that for the audience, it, you get to see the athlete in a different way. And that's the payoff is that, again, you don't, you don't see them in their robotic form that you, you, you do in the locker room. In front of a camera. Yeah. Relax. You see them really who, for who they are. And again, as black people, like that, that to me is important because again, I, I don't want you to be the whitewashed version of yourself. You know what I'm saying? Because I, hey, that's not you. B, I'm really not trying to talk to that version of you. And C, like uh-huh. the people who are watching this, like there's a 12 year old kid, you know what I'm saying? Who, who, who idolizes you, who respects you grew up, you know, yeah. admiring. You brought you brought some joy to his mind. Even if he didn't root for you per se, he gonna remember like you you had this incredible moment. You know what I'm saying? And they're always gonna latch on to that when they think of it. And so, you know, being able to show that authentic version to that, you know, that black child, you know what I'm saying? And letting them understand and recognize that like, you know, you can still be yourself. You can still thrive and be successful. And being able to tell stories beyond just their highlights, but letting them know about moments in which, you know what I'm saying, were really rough moments that they had to go through. Because that was something in terms of my career as you know, I continue to accelerate and, and still do. Um, how to handle adversity is something that you're taught when you're like in fight or flight mode in section eight. Yeah. How to handle it in a career path. Like ain't too many people teaching people how to do that or ain't too many people showing people how to do that. Because all you ever see on social media is their best moments. Yep. And so I want to make sure this platform allows people to get gems and I'm dropping game on them so they can truly understand like what's real. and and, and you know, ultimately, if these athletes are retired and they're trying to spit game two on people, this is providing them an opportunity for people to learn from their own lessons and learn from their own mistakes just as much as they can learn from their successes and their wins. That's huge. Um, so y'all have had a or correction. You've had a lot of great, a lot of great athletes that we grew up watching. You know, Ricky Williams. You had yeah. Donovan McNabb up on there. So. How, what is the process to get those guys on there? You know, you, you talked about, you know, going to some of their houses and, you know, just shooting the breeze and, you know, whoop, whoop. But how does that process go when the team gets on, on the show? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, actually, for the show, we, we don't um, – I don't go to their cribs for that. I'm just talking, gotcha. like, you know, as, as a okay. reporter and just, like, you know, the relationships I've been able to establish. Gotcha, gotcha, like, gotcha. That was before the show. But um, in terms of, like, how we go about that process, man, it's just, you know, we got a good team that, uh, you know – is doing a great job in just terms of just identifying people that we feel like would be a great fit for this. And a lot of it is, is personality driven. It's also obviously name recognition and face driven. Mm-hmm. But the other part of it is also just like people we just naturally would be just curious about in this kind of environment in this setting. Like, you know what I'm saying? Cause it, you, you know, I'll give y'all something like, you know, we got Victor Cruz on here and I, I feel like a lot of people see Victor Cruz in different platforms and settings, but like being able to see Victor Cruz on his platform is a different experience. You know what I'm saying? Darrell Revis, I got so many texts from NFL executives after Darrell Revis episode telling me they've never seen Darrell Revis in that kind of space before. Mm. Wow. He's always kind of like reserved, shy, timid. And he was like that when we, we, we first chopped it up. But, you know what I'm saying? He started opening up more and more and he felt comfortable with it. And it was cool mm. to hear Darrell Revis talking about like, now I love this show. You know what I'm saying? Before like we even started shooting, like, man, I, I, I rock with the show. I like what you're doing, this, this, and this. It seemed like a cool little thing you had going on. And to hear him afterwards after the shoot talk about, man, I had a great time. You know what I'm saying? Like, that, that, that just kind of certifies, like, what we're trying to do here. Ricky Williams, the same thing. I didn't even have to explain to Ricky Williams what I was trying to do. You know, Ricky Williams is very smart in that kind of way. You know, he, 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 he's, he's hip to understand, like, he's like, man, this is cool that you 
like there's a platform like this for NFL athletes to really speak out like this because you know they do whatever you know obviously you know especially in the NFL like they try to do everything they can to mitigate their own voices and especially with black people it's just it's challenging for you to be wake you know wake up every morning being an authentic version of yourself showing up your, as your full self to work every day when you know they can cut you tomorrow and ain't no guaranteed money involved in that. so all of that has been fun I think to, to, to this day it's still my favorite episode has been Percy Harvin um, and and Percy Harvin, man, he that dude's a real one, bro. Yeah. Like for real. I had heard from so many other people about how, how genuine the duty was. Um, you know, when he jumped on set, it, it's just great to see what kind of space he's in right now. You yeah. feel me? Where it seemed like he's come to peace with a lot of things that, you know, uh, that that he was he was overcoming. And, you know, his his whole goal and his whole thing right now is just being able to teach other people the lessons, you know, from his career. And, you know, I, I was I was I was happy that we were able to share that that moment where, you know, talking about things that he learned, you know, hearing a man being, being able to own up to their mistakes, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Regardless of how they feel about the situation, regardless of what they think, you know, being able to hold themselves accountable for what they felt like, you know what I'm saying? They slipped out on. And, and ultimately, you know, another athlete being an advocate for the importance of, of cannabis reform, which I think, you know, is still very much necessary, especially when it comes to pro athletes, because, you know, what's the purpose of prescribing them all these painkillers and, and lethal injections, uh, you know, pain, pain injection, uh, shots that, you know, we don't know what kind of ramifications they're going to have down the road when there's safer alternatives beyond that, that, you know, can help them get through the week by week, uh, a recovery process that exists with playing football, playing basketball, playing hockey, whatever the case may be. So, uh, it, it was just, it was, man, it was just a genuine conversation. And I knew after, after we did that conversation, like it was like, to me, uh, it, 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 it verified exactly what I was trying to do with this mm. And it gave an example to everybody else, exactly kind of like what we're trying to do moving forward. So, man, that that one that one changed the game, man. That that really did. Right. So, I, I'm always gonna be appreciative of Percy on that one. All right. That's that's very like that's one of the like I have my notes here of different moments from your first season, and that was one of the ones I had listed uh, along with the Clinton Porter's one oh, about man. the Hangover. I was like, what? Because I'm a Broncos fan. I'm a Broncos okay, yeah, fan, yeah. so I love I love Clinton Porter. I was like, what, bro? That game? I was like, oh my god. Well, hey, y'all haven't for the listeners that haven't listened to it, y'all gotta check it. out. I ain't even going. But it's Kurt. Yeah. All, all the stories yeah. are, you wouldn't believe. Hey, it's man, true. that was one of my favorite. <laughs> He said that thing off right, man. <laughs> we, we've had a lot of Canes dudes that, that on the yeah. show. We, we got another one coming up, actually. We got Devin Hester coming up. Awesome. Um, Windy City Flyers. Yeah, man. Okay. I, I, I love them Canes, yeah. man. I love talking to them Canes, man, because, you know, they, they shoot you straight because yeah. they understand, like, ah, like this is – this is the really, really the way we yeah. live it. You know of, what I'm yeah. saying? And a lot of them they grew really up, you know, right in all kinds of environments. So I can yeah, only but imagine. It's, 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 everything they do is very genuine, authentic. Yeah. Man. So I, I, I'll shout out to everybody in 305. Shout out to everybody in South Florida, man. Cause they, they, and just the whole state, man. Because I, I, got, I got a lot of love for black people out in Florida, man, for real. For for this series, is this something you want to keep NFL based? Or have you ever thought about going into other sports? All the time, man. I think about that all the time. Um, it right now is just more so just a matter of just being patient with it, you know. Just continue growing what we've been able to build. Um, you know, I love the direction that we're going in right now, and uh, just continue to build the fan base. And, and you know, as much as I'm proud of the success that myself and, and Lakia Holmes, shout out to her, my producer, uh, that we both had uh, in season one. You know, it's more so finding ways to elevate that in season two. So. From that point, you know what I'm saying? Of course, like I, I would love to get, you know, 
current athletes. You know what I'm saying? I would love to get people outside of football. And even I'd love to get people outside of sports, to be honest with you. Like, we are a sports culture. Like, you know what I'm saying? There's, there's different people who I think would be fire on this show. So um, that that's that's like the goal. That's the vision. Um, but, you know, we're just taking one step at a time with it. And, uh, you know, up until then, all we can do is focus on what we got in front of us. And so uh, right now I'm just enjoying the ride, man. It, it's just it's, it's been fun. It's just the most fun I've had in my career. And, uh, you know, getting to a position or a point that, you know, from someone that pulled out $200,000 in student loans and still paying that back uh, to this position now where, you know, be really excited about my career in a, in, in, in a way that I'd never even imagined that so many people told me would not be possible. Um, you know, I'm, I'm excited of what's to come, not just with untold stories, but, you know, this entire decade, it's, it's it'll be fun. It's going to be, it's going to be, it's going to be a fun ride. I don't know about that when somebody or a group of people or somebody tells you, you know, something that you can't do. And it's just like, I bet, <laughs> you know, oh, you know yeah, it's, just, yeah. it's something, it's something that matched about that. I don't know what it is, but. I love like, proving motherfuckers wrong, bro. Yeah. I love mm. proving motherfuckers wrong. Yeah. Like, I don't really ever say that publicly, you feel me? But yeah. like, yo, man, when it comes to that shit, I'm a fucking dog. Like, I, I'm, 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 I'm like, I'm being a lad. You feel me? Like, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't need to, like, before I'd always bark about that shit and prove people wrong and I found satisfaction and all that stuff. But now, like, I'm just, I don't even want to use the energy talking. You know what I'm saying? Like, I peep game, hit him with that Cam Newton head nod, and, you know what I'm saying, get to work. That's that's really what it is. So that that's it's always been a drive for me, man. Especially, you know what I'm saying? You know, I feel like a lot of times you get a lot of no's in Texas. I can I can recall teachers that told me no's. You know what I'm saying? I can't do shit. I can't do that. Like, you know, that that that's always gonna be fuel for me. And and you know, in, in many ways, like I didn't expect to be in this position. I don't think a lot of people expect me to be in this position either. So you know, while I'm here, I might as well fuck it up. <laughs> you know? So, you know, we're gonna keep rewriting a bunch of rules, we're gonna keep re- redefining things, you know what I'm saying? We're going to continue to try and create uh, lanes for, for people that look like us to really be them tr- their true selves in this industry. That, that, that was something I set out from day one. Um, you know what I'm saying? When I decided to go down this path in college, and, and 11 years later, ain't shit changed. Like, we still on it. And we're going to stay on that shit, you know, till, till my last heart beat. You feel me? Like, that's, that's really what it is. So, um, and, and I feel like ultimately, as a black person in this industry, mm. constantly just, you, you're going to, you, you have no choice but to feed off the no's because you hear so many mm. goddamn times. Like, you're going to get more no's than you are going to get validation. So, you know, it's 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 all good, man. You feel me? Like, like PMC said, it's, it's gravy. You feel me? Like, we, you know, we, 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 we work through it. We're going to make it through. We're going to find the beauty and imperfection. We're going to get through it. And at the end of the day, you'll see what's up. I ain't got to say shit. You'll see it. Some real stuff right there, bro. That's straight up, man. I, like, again, I don't even... I don't even be talking like that. It's just, <laughs> that's really how I feel. When you said that shit, that's really how I be feeling. But yeah. I just, I, I, only people that really know that is my circle and my therapist. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just, I keep that shit. I'm good. I'm good. So we talked about NFL a little bit uh, with the untold stories, but one of the bigger stories in sports right now is how crazy is going down in Orlando at the bubble. Almost every playoff game has been Top notch mm-hmm. on a thousand. Why do you think that is that the intensity of the bubble games are, if not higher, as matched as the ones that we've seen from the past few years? Oh, this playoffs has been crazy, man. Man. <laughs> Yo, it, 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 it has been insane. And I'll, I, I think something about being in that confined environment, like, you know, a lot of these dudes grew up in AAU. You feel me? Like, I think there's a level of familiarity that they had that's just kind of drawn them back to their childhood. 
And there's something to be said about something that you, like a moment of feeling that you have, like drawing back from, from, you know, a moment in your past that, you know, was a great memory that can really fuel you and motivate you in ways that, you know, can unlock different things for you. You know, I don't know too much about Jamal Murray, but that boy balling, you know what I'm saying? And, and it wasn't, it, it wasn't something I expected at all from this dude. I don't know who the hell, but I'll tell you one thing going into the next season, I'm definitely going to be watching more Nuggets games because they got my respect. Michael Porter Jr. I thought he couldn't stay healthy. Like he kept having those back issues. I'm like, Oh, this dude, you know, he, he going to flame out like a lot of other top picks had. You feel me? And he, he's been balling out in his, in his boat. He's been staying healthy. He's been aggressive, been dunking on dudes. You know what I'm saying? His, his shots been falling. Like he has been a, a a a much better player than I had probably ever anticipated him being due to the simple fact of the way his career started. And then Jokic has always been Jokic. I just feel like Jokic is finally getting the platform and the exposure that he doesn't get in Denver to really show like what he brings to the table um, as a big man. You know, I think a lot of people always talk about how big men are dead, but you can. I think it's clear to see big men are evolving. You know what I'm saying? And, and, you know, you got him, you got Bam, obviously Joel. Uh, it's 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 a different era in terms of what big men are doing right now that's pretty exciting for me because I feel like anytime you get, like, people excited about the center position, uh, it, it it typically creates a good era of basketball. You know what I'm saying? It usually has been the position that people have, you know. Forgotten about, towards. yeah. Yeah, they, they cater towards the center position throughout the history of the NBA. It's just we've been blessed so much with this unbelievable era of point guards and guard yeah. that has just been un- unbelievable that, uh, you know, from MJ on that has clearly, it's the MJ era. People have been influenced yeah. by him. And now it's, it's just, it's great to see, you know, skilled, talented, big man, you know what I'm saying? Carl Towns being another one that can do just do so much at that position and can help evolve the game in, 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 in such a different way. Speaking of blessings, how, how blessed <laughs> are we as Mavs fans to have Luka Doncic? Luka! Hey man, to go from hey, we the Mavs wasted the entire end of Dirk's career. Man. The entire uh, end of Dirk's career. Okay. And that shit still has uh, 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 he wanted him. Uh, he wanted yeah, him. Bro. He wanted yeah, him. He, he wanted him. Like, when it was yep. Kobe Dirk, he was uh, yeah. talking about like, oh, Dirk's a choker. He ain't gonna do nothing. Yeah, much mad respect for Dirk. And then okay, they yeah, bouncing us out the playoffs. Hey, when, when Dirk, you know what I'm saying? The Mavs was choking. There was so yeah. many Lakers fans talking about like, hey, come on over to the Lakers side, man. Come yeah, on. Yeah. I'm oh, rocking yeah. Kobe. Oh, yeah. You know oh, yeah. I'm, I'm riding with Get it. you one before you go out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's what I heard. Yeah, I heard that same shit too, man. Whatever <laughs> the last games, it literally would be 50-50. Like they would be just as many uh, uh Lakers fans or Kobe fans going crazy, you know, when Kobe's hitting the uh the game winning jumper, as it yeah. would be Mavs fans shocked and disappointed. So uh, trust me, I, I, I I'm not surprised. <laughs> I, I, I kind of assume one of y'all would, would be a Lakers fan, and I assume one of y'all would be a, one of y'all wouldn't be a Cowboys fan. Hey, okay, you got yeah. it. Yeah. It's good to know which one's which. Yeah, yeah. it's a perfect little dynamic here. Yeah, yeah. yeah man, it's 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 Luke all day, man. You know what I'm saying? It's you know it, it's it's exciting to see what the next 20 years of Mass basketball is about to be because that dude's electrifying. It's undeniable talent. You know what I'm saying? And it's funny, like, it was hard not to see that from the jump if you were a Mavs fan. As soon as he got to the league, you're like, oh, shit, this dude's different. Uh, and I was just revving him hard. You know, obviously, my homie's talking about, man, like, 
relax, you know what I'm saying, and all that. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? But nah. That's dang to me. Yeah, oh, huh? yeah I'm, that's, that's, that's me. I'm, cause you, because living in Dallas, you hear you you don't you're not sure if it's genuine people like you know big up in somebody or is it's like okay, so here go Dallas media again hyping up somebody else in order to get us you know all riled up and then here later down the line we're gonna be disappointed, but it yeah. seem to be the case with Luca. Yeah, we man, we gone through that so much with draft picks, man. Like, man, like Mavs fans get like as much as they Mavs. The Mavs get a lot of credit for developing talent, but yeah. if you run through those draft picks, bro. They have had some doo doo. <laughs> they have had some terrible ass picks that yeah. have just like not worked out or have not been good fits for whatever the case may be. But yeah. hey, for some reason, the European dudes they know what they're doing. Man, they, they draft them for sure. They, they, they know what they're doing. Some European dudes, so. Uh, hopefully, you know what I'm saying, this offseason, they get, you know, some, some tougher veterans on the team. That, you know, that was my next question around. for you, too. The third yeah. guy. They need that you third know. guy. Somebody to enforce. Hey, yeah. I, I'm a fan of Hardaway, though. Like, I, I didn't I, – I thought he was going to be a throw-in, and I thought with his contract that he could be, like, a trade piece, and asset to build with, uh, you know, to get somebody else in with Luka and Christos. But, yo, man, I'm, I'm a fan of Trey Burke or no? I think you got to. Yeah. I think you got to. I think yeah. I think you got to keep Burke, man. I think you got to. They got some good pieces already to build off of, man. It's it's and it, it's a young it's a young group for the most part. So at this point, it's just finding veterans that they can add that provide that toughness uh, can help with the defensive mentality because that clearly was lacking. Um, and then also, you know, what I'm saying uh, just help guide these young dudes, man. Because you yeah. know, like you got a group of young dudes that can be young, energetic, infectious, but like they still need someone that can be the middleman in between the coaching staff, the front office, and the reality in which they live in. So, mm. you know, I'm hoping they can find that. And then plus, like, Dwight Powell coming back. You know what I'm saying? I thought yeah. he was, he's a good piece. You know what I'm saying? That you, you're rocking with. Because that pick and roll with him and Dwight, with Luke and Dwight. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's – it's nice. And we, we didn't have uh, Willie Colley-Stein either. He had yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, uh, I'm excited, man. You know, it, I'm excited – it, for some reason, all the struggles the Mavs have gone through had me questioning Rick Carlisle for just a little bit. <laughs> yeah. you know what I'm like, that yeah, coach's style. Like, it like it, you know, he's still riding off the ring in my mind, and, and just I mean, just masterful coaching that he had uh, yeah. in 2011. And obviously, he's had that throughout the course of his career. But I'm like, damn, is this dude done? Is he, you know, with the way things went with some of the some of some of the rookies? You know what I'm saying? It's like, is he out of touch with the with with the youths? You know what I'm saying? Does he not know how to talk, talk to these younger folks anymore? Yeah. And uh, you know it. it he showed again that nah, I'm still that dude. So right. I'm I'm excited, man. I'm I'm excited about the Mavs future. Um, Cowboys, you know, we'll see what happens. They got talent. <laughs> I, I, CD Lamb, that dude though. CD Lamb, that what? dude. CD Lamb, <laughs> CD Lamb, bro. I'm getting that 88. Oh man, I saw you tweet that about the. I'm getting that 88. Hey, I'm gonna wear that. This is our year fit. You feel me? You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm going to have the jersey. I put the Joyce on there, but you know what I'm saying? I'm going to keep it real Dallas. I'm going to put some Dickies on there. You know what I'm saying? Oh, got like, you. If we, got if we you. keep the buck, I'm going to wear some Dickies. You know what I'm saying? Make sure they cuffed up right on top of the Flint 13s. Yeah. <laughs> I'm feeling really, really Dallas. You know what I'm saying? Get them polo boots out. You know what I'm saying? Oh, man. You know, hey, oh, hey, man. hey, what y'all know about that, man? You know, so hey. so it, it's, it, it's, it's it's good time. I, the only thing missing is, is you know, I, I ain't. The hair gonna be still locked up, so it, <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I, I ain't about to switch to the to this. Uh, you know, get the shag. You know I'm saying I ain't about to go switch to the shag. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, who you who you got winning at all uh, in Orlando? The bubble. Who's taking it? Man, I mean, I, I think he coming out of the East. I mean, at that point, like I, I feel stupid if I say otherwise. He balling. Yeah. Um, Heat Lakers, I think, is the move right now. 
LeBron facing his old team, facing Pat Riley. That's going to be dicey. Man, it is. I think it's going to be fun, too. Bam against yeah. AD, you feel me? Jimmy versus LeBron. Like, that. that's... That's gonna be hero just coming out. Yeah, bro. Hero, man. Yeah. Hey, Balling. Everybody knew a Thai hero if they if they yeah. take school, right? Y'all yeah. knew somebody just like a ninja. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he got some bunnies too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everybody got hey, one. He always everybody come knows. in with the uh, the cut off shirt that like <laughs> like you know the sleeves are cut off, but even like the neck is all you like you can still see his pecs and everything. Yeah. Like the ribs right there, a little yeah, bit. The ribs. Yeah. Sometimes he wear an undershirt underneath this shit. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, I, I vividly know it, a Tyler hero. Yeah, correction yeah. it that like I'm just oh, like yeah. hey. Hey, I'm glad you're putting on for them, bro. Keep doing your thing. You know what I'm saying? saw an unprecedented amount of injuries like not just you know sprained ankles and you know things like that but we've seen some ACL tears and plenty too many to count so what do you yeah. think possibly contributed to you know contributed to that with maybe the lack of preseason games or just the the COVID effect we, we still don't know the long-term effects of that or just yeah I think a lot of it's just time dog you don't understand these athletes man a lot of them are just based off of routine mm. like their schedule is really fixated where they know where they're going to be in January. They know where they're going to be in February, March, April, like OTAs, mini camp, you know, a couple weeks off, then back to training yeah. camp. Like, there's a, like, no matter how much they want to feel like they control their schedule, the NFL controls their schedule. You know what I'm saying? So in a situation where they're not practicing, you know what I'm saying, um, that schedule, which also involves, you know, workouts, you know, organized team workouts, like, a lot of these dudes have to work out on their own on these kinds of situations, you know what I'm saying? And trying to figure out what the best approach and course is to work out. I think that played a role into that. Um, I think, uh, as you mentioned, the lack of preseason and getting reps and opportunities, I think that played a role in that because we would, I think, I feel like we would see some of these injuries pop up during training camp, week one through week four in the preseason. But, you know, because we just jump, hop, skip straight to the regular season, that maybe we're seeing a culmination of that month or two period all happen in a very condensed, concentrated period. So um, I think that could play a factor in that as well. Um, but yeah, and, and, and also, again, it depends on how these guys are working out. Because I've seen a lot of these different dudes work out in the different styles that they have and their different techniques. And, you know, it's crazy how, how much some guys still don't know how to properly train. And, and believing all it is is just lifting as big and fast and, you know, strong weights as you possibly can when, like, you know, People, people, different people, like, you know, being around Alvin Kamara, he's worked out. Being around Trent Williams, they worked out. It's just seeing, like, how important the smaller muscles are to work out. You know, how much, how important, you know what I'm saying, uh, it is to, to work on agility and quickness. You know what I'm saying? Plyo, plyometrics and all those, all those different things that, that are just as important as, like, yo, rep, you know, upping your bench press during the offseason. So 
I think that also had a play. It's, it's a combination of things, I think it is. It's just, it sucks to see, man, because you, you talk about a game that's obviously <laughs> comes down to attrition. Man. Like, we saying Saquon out for the year. You know what I'm saying? Say which one about Nick Bosa, but, you know, he's out for yeah. the year. You know what I'm saying? It's, it, you know, we saw Jerry McCoy out for the year for the Cowboys. Yeah. I thought that was a huge loss. You know what I'm that saying? Um, Boy, all, all the Broncos top players gone. Man, I'm uh, like, yeah, Dallas Feel me like more than sudden, everybody. Man, I'm already already typed out of this year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. You gonna see dudes who's playing the XFL? Yeah. You know, so, yeah, I'm gonna be ripping the jersey. Yeah. You gonna see some former renegades yeah. over here on these teams. That's ultimately what it could come down to. Is is that you know, whoever has the healthiest team is probably gonna be the most. It's not the best chance of succeeding. Like what Dex said, the healthiest team wins. Healthiest team. That's what it's going to look like. But, man, we appreciate you. I, I We got one more little thing for you to do. Uh, okay. And then we'll let you go. We're giving you a lot of our time, and you've given us a lot. We appreciate you we so much, super man. Super appreciate it, man. Dane and I, on our previous episode, we did our predictions for the NFL. So I'm going to ask you to do that. We did an MVP, playoff team, and Super Bowl picks. So you got it. You okay. got it kind of easy now because injuries. <laughs> you know, we, yeah, we didn't yeah, have all that. Yeah. So we just went off two weekend but, uh, start as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, look, hey, I'm gonna keep it a buck, okay? Because this is what I said before the year start. I have Russell Wilson as my the same as Deontay. Now that was Check, uh, yeah, hey, that's what hey, I had. Hey, yeah. Hey, yeah, that's on God. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, that that that's that's how I was feeling. Yeah. So. Two weeks in, hey, we feeling good right now. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. We feeling good. Sure. We feeling good. Sure. Uh, I also said I had the Seahawks win the Super Bowl. Mm. Uh, no. Wait, that was my – oh, wait, no. Okay, I had the Seahawks yeah. in it, but I had the Chiefs winning it. Okay, see, I, I had Hawks-Chiefs too. I had oh, Hawks-Chiefs. Okay. Okay. So, uh, I, I had the Hawks win it. I'm a little skeptical of their pass rush, especially now to Bruce Irvin. Another yeah. key injury. Yeah. Out for the year. They already didn't have enough pass rushes as it is. So, it, it'll be interesting to see how they navigate that, but – I mean, they, they seem to be pretty good at every other position. So, uh, they look they look poised to be making a great run. I, I had Hawks beat the Chiefs. You know, personally, I, again, I, I, I can't keep picking the Cowboys, man. Like, yeah. as much as I think I got – you know what I'm saying? I, I got the Cowboys coming out of the NFC East, okay? Mm-hmm. But it, it's hard for me to say much else beyond that. Um, out of the West, I got the I, – obviously, I got the Hawks winning that division. And in terms of who it comes down to, you know – the, the the wild cards are toss up. I think the other two wild yeah. cards in the NFC can literally come out of the NFC West. And we got an extra wild card now in each yeah. each conference too. Yeah, that's right. Actually, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So shit, it could it could be that whole division if we're being honest. <laughs> like, yeah. Real. So you know, it, they all three of them look look incredible right now. They look they look really good. And even with the Forty ers all the injuries they have, and they they show you know how much depth they're able to have. Yeah. Um, NFC North, uh, Packers run away with that. I think it's pretty clear. I had the Packers preseason as well, winning that division. Uh, and I can't see a scenario in which anyone else, you know. Yeah, nobody else in that division. The Bears are 2-0, and but I don't know if they were – are they real, though? <laughs> yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, you know, can you really trust Mitchell Trubisky, you know? They, they they fucked up on many occasions in terms of their quarterback. So, what? But, they, I mean, they've got they've got a good defense, you know what I'm saying? And yeah. that'll keep competitive in these games. So, we'll see how it happens. But, you know, they'll, they'll be competitive down the stretch. But, I, you know. I still think NFC West is loaded where I can see some all three of them somehow, some way get in. Um, and then, oh, actually, you know what? Down South, NFC South, that's, that's, it, it, no matter yeah. how many people yeah, come out of NFC yeah. West, I can see a scenario that the South three has teams. a couple of too, where um, I, I thought the, the Saints would win that division. Um, I think, 
know, I thought before the CMC injury that you know, the Panthers would be competitive, involved, and and obviously the Bucks. Like I think the Bucks are capable of winning a wild card. Though I think they're going to struggle to start off with because continuity matters so much right now. And they got a lot of new pieces that they're trying to piece together. But hey, that defense is solid, and that's carrying the team right now. If we're being honest, yeah. Leonard Fournette looked like the Leonard Fournette we saw at LSU. What was out and, of there? You know, as long as Tom Brady can do enough as like a man, game manager, which I know we don't say too much about Tom Brady. You know, they, they should be they, they should be on the hunt for a playoff position. So that's on the NFC. AFC, AFC West, easy. Chiefs, go ahead and knock that one out the park. Raiders been doing Broncos. anything. Kind of surprising, though. Uh, you, uh, yeah, I forgot you were Broncos. Man, yeah, Sorry, man. Broncos. I, I, it's cool. I tapped out. I tapped out this year, bro. It's a wrap. I already know it. Yeah. <laughs> I will say this. Hey, Noah Fant looked like the real deal. I love Noah Fant. Yeah. Noah Fant looked like yeah. the real deal. I, I've been skeptical. Is that I feel like the Broncos keep drafting tight ends that just – don't pan out. So, yeah. but Fant looked like the real deal. So, at least you got something to build off of on that. And that defense is always going to keep you competitive in some ways. Yeah. At least for me as a gambler, they're going to always cover the spread. So, that's <laughs> <laughs> you know so uh, Chiefs coming out of AFC West. What we got? AFC North, you know, Ravens. But it's clear the Steelers going to be competitive too. Oh, yeah. You know, I think the Steelers are going to take one of them wild card spots. That defense looks as nasty as it did last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cool. Deontay, Deontay Johnson, along with Juju Smith-Schuster, yeah. along with Chase Claypool. Bro, they – I don't know what it is in they that water. They wide receivers, man. Man, they <laughs> know how to find wide yeah. receivers. My close, so, one of my other close friends, Sean, the diehard Pittsburgh fan, and that's all he's been preaching. Is like, yeah, they could pick any receiver out the hat and they're going to be yeah. all pro damn near. <laughs> Yo, Pretty Deontay much. Johnson is a dog. Yeah. Yo, this, this dude's about to go off yeah. this year. I don't know if people really really recognize that, but like he's really gonna go off. Yeah. So, you know, they're gonna be competitive. I, I think honestly, it's gonna come down to one of them classic AFC North battles where like it comes down to like, you know, whenever the last time the Ravens and Steelers say each other face right. each other. That's what the division comes down to. Whole I think they're game. Gonna, yeah. Uh outside of that, you know, Bengals, Browns, they they bottom feeders. Um AFC South. Man, that, that division is interesting, man. It, I mean, it always is for, all, like, always the weirdest and wildest reasons. It is, yeah. I'm, I'm, but I went with the Titans. And I actually had, you know, it, it was between Mike Tomlin and Mike Vrabel in terms of Coach of the Year candidates. Uh, you know, I think I went with Mike Vrabel uh, just because, man, like, Ryan Tannehill looks like a completely different quarterback. You know, he finally was able to unleash and get the most out of Derrick Henry. And that defense, man, that, that, defense, got some, that, that defense got some dogs. You know what I'm saying? So. Uh, I think they'll win the South. Um, the Colts will be competitive and they'll be in there as well, but I'm just not a big believer in Phillip Rivers. If we're being honest, I think a lot of people are gassing him up for circumstances, situations in which he's typically, it's not going to get any better. He's gotten older. His, his accuracy is already on. is out of there. Yeah. You feel me? So, um, and then who, we got the Texans, man, free. To, Deshaun just got paid, man. But, oh, yeah, like, man. That, they hey, got to get, get Bill out of there, bro. You feel me? It, it's always, you know what I'm saying, when people talk <laughs> shit about Texas, you know what I'm saying, I'm cool with banding together with them Houston folks. Yeah. When it comes to sports, I hope they all fail. But <laughs> I love Deshaun so much, it's hard for me to root against him. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I want him to succeed. I want him to do well. It's, it's like that dude is 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 built different. Yeah. And so he just doesn't have a lot of support around him, man. So it's just an unfortunate situation when they they, they – they they try him to be Superman way too many times when like he should be getting some support and some help. Yeah. So we'll see how that plays out. Um, and then uh, who? What other division we got? AFC East. I think the Patriots still gonna take that. Can't can't kill it. Going most improved player clearly. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, that's that's fact. 
he, he running with that thing. Mm-hmm. I think the Bills going to be up there, too. I don't want to undermine the Bills at all. Because, you know, Josh Allen, surprisingly, after week two, led the league in passing yards. He got weapons and then Stephon Diggs football. is balling, bro. Stephon yeah. Diggs is balling. You know what I'm saying? He's doing his thing. That defense is obviously still nasty. So, uh, but if it comes down to, uh, you know, one of them uh, Bills-Patriots games down for the division title, and I got a bet between Cam Newton and Josh Allen, bro, give me killer Cam off that. Yeah, all good. Um, yeah, man, that's 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 my rundown there in terms of what I think. Okay. Is the and then you got Seahawks, Chiefs too, but Chiefs, yeah. or Seahawks taking it. I got Seahawks. I got the Hawks taking it, man. Okay. I got the Hawks. It's at the MVP, but I, I well, hold yeah, you Russ, to that. I definitely see you, Russell. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm gonna lock. I'm gonna lock your your picks in. Got to get back yeah. to you on that. Have okay. me on the <laughs> Oh, for sure, for sure, man. <laughs> hey, uh, thank you once again, man, for joining you, us. Uh, every time we have a guest, we like to have them spit their social media plugs and anything else they want to say as we go out, man. Untold Stories season two. Go check it out. Go check it out on, on Facebook watch. Go check it out on my Instagram on IGTV. My Instagram is master underscore to spots It's my last name. Um, check me out on Twitter, master T E S. Uh, yeah, man, just stay tuned. You know, beyond untold stories, we got some other things cooking. So I always, always got something in the lab. So but right sure. now, Go ahead, support, show love, the Untold Story Season 2. Tell your friends, go drop that in your group chats, you know what I'm saying? Oh, really? Let them know that, that, that the representation you've been looking for, the sports show you've been waiting on, it's here. Hey, we'll oh, do, really? man. We'll do, man. Whenever this COVID thing is, ends, bro, we got to kick it in Dallas. That's <laughs> what I'm talking about. What's up, man? Yeah, we're going to tacos, you know what I'm saying? We're going to hit up something, bro. Hey, Whatever hey. it is, you let me know. Make sure Already. we get them, get some tacos in. Hell, we can hit up Rudy's chicken. You know what I'm saying? Let's, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Let's, let's, let's have some fun with it. For sure. For sure. For sure. Appreciate you guys for listening in and watching. This is the Duo Sports and Stuff podcast. You can find us on any streaming platform or on our website, www.duosportsandstuffpodcast.com. Thanks. <laughs>